Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? Welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. And um, if you're reading my book or you've read my book or you haven't, I'm going to tell you something that you might find out inside. Um, I talk about inside the book how often we have like two sides to ourselves. And I spent a long time trying to figure out, you know, whether I was like good Alex or bad Alex and these like kind of dual personalities. It was kind of like the, the devil and the angels on my shoulder. And as I started to do like coaching and transformation work, I started to really make the bad, the quote unquote bad sides of me wrong. Now there was no bad sides. I wasn't murdering, pillaging, doing anything like horrible, but you know, I would, I didn't like who I was being. And so I made that, that person wrong or bad. And what, as I've, as I've grown, I've learned to realize that that quote unquote bad side was actually like some of the best parts about me. It just had to show up a little different. Like a lot of my authenticity, a lot of my creativity, a lot of my boldness, a lot of my fun personality actually comes from the side that I would have said is like dark or bad. And what I've learned over time is that I actually have to weave the dark and the light together, the good and the bad together. And that's what makes me really who I am at my most powerful. I say this because um, the the guest today, I don't want to say she's dark and light, but when you see her in a minute, uh, if you're watching this podcast, and if you're not watching, you can uh, look up some photos and you'll see the photos on uh, on the things I share online. Um, just a very a mask on that occurs as very dark. My guest today is Lillian Silver. She is a fan fiction writer, and I'm probably going to, I'm going to do my best here, the Dramanini <laughs> fandom, which is basically a section of Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, you guys don't know this about me because I don't talk about it on this podcast, but I know nothing about Harry Potter. I've never read a word of a Harry Potter book. I don't even know how many books there are. I think I've seen two or three of the movies because somebody, uh, a, a girlfriend I had, had me watch them, but... I wasn't really, I don't know. I think somehow I missed the the boat like somewhere along the line and I've never wanted to catch up. But I'm very fascinated with this idea of fan fiction and somebody taking someone else's kind of general idea and like expanding on it. It just seems cool to me. And uh, Lillian has started writing in 2018, has in two weeks wrote over 50,000 words. She's written 16 different stories and she's also connected with two of the top writers in the community and co-authored uh, fan fiction with them, which is impressive in such a short time. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. 
I can't take this mask off now. <laughs> yeah, you can take that. I love that you're this like... This is a cool you're, idea. You're like asking permission. <laughs> so, uh, what's up? Uh, it's Dramione, Alex. Dramione. Dramione. It's okay, we forgive you. <laughs> I you like know, I, all my fanfic writers that are, are listening, uh, just they're... You got real mad when you said that. I'm... Uh, I, I, there's people outside the the studio right now with pitchforks. This happens yeah. really fast. Watch out. <laughs> um, Watch out. Let me introduce, I want to also introduce you as who you really are. Um, Lillian Silver is your pen name or your alter ego. Um, you are really Michelle Aiken. <laughs> Wait. Surprise. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you're really Lillian Silver. Maybe you're really, we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I know you, I met you almost probably around five years ago, we met random, just like kind of randomly at a networking event. Um, you were one of the first, you might've been the first coach I ever met. I think, I think you're the amazing. first coach I ever met in my whole life, which is probably a good thing because you had, we, I had like, you said a good impression. It wasn't like the first coach I ever awesome. met was, uh, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but you have a, you have a really cool story. So, because before you were a coach, you were like a famous YouTuber. And you have over 65,000 followers. You've created over 600 videos. That is insane. I mean, I've done over 100 podcasts now. And I'm like, it's so cool to be able to like own that space is like I've done over 100 and over six. I I can't even imagine. I mean, we did it every day for a while, you know, it's just like breathing. Yeah, that's so awesome. You um, you've you've been a comedian or you are a comedian. Um, you've produced videos for other people and obviously for yourself. And then about eight years ago, you became a coach or you started coach training. You became a coach. You're now a PCC, which is a professional certified coach. You lead two programs for accomplishment coaching. Um, you've spoken at ACTO, uh, babes in business in Jersey, which is a big, uh, business networking organization in Jersey, the biggest. Um, I think it's the biggest. It's the only one I've found, really. I don't need anyone else outside my studio with pitchforks, and so they're the biggest. And uh, you're you're also a mother and a wife, so you you have a ton on your plate, and you do a ton. Thanks for making time for this. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for scheduling it a month out. I love people who are like, schedule this thing a month out. Great. My calendar is pretty clear there. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, like, it's funny, like, even if we do it a month out, people stuff comes up, right? Like, there's always sure. something coming up. Um, let's talk about Lillian first, and like fan fiction. Yeah. Um, how does, how does one go from not being a writer to just like, I'm gonna take content from someone else and like repurpose it and kind of make it my own in a way? Well, I started reading fan fiction. And I did that because my friend, actually our mutual acquaintance, uh, Christine Sachs, recommended it. Uh, and I hope she doesn't kill me for saying that because then people know she reads fan fiction too. But I've told lots <laughs> of people, it's fine. Deal with it, Christine. Um, I started reading and uh, and I found some really amazing stories. The, the people that I mentioned or that you mentioned uh, that I've become friends with, uh, Sen Lin Yu and Loves Bitka, uh, internet, internet friends. Though Loves Bitka actually turned into a real life friend. We see each other all the time and she visited the coach training program. Um, I became friends with them after reading their stories and just thinking, wow, this is like really good writing. 
for free on the internet. And uh, I got completely drawn into it to the point where I was losing sleep because I couldn't stop reading. Wow. Sort of like Netflix binging, but fanfic binging, yeah. which is very, very common in the fanfic community. And I got so inspired by their writing that I thought, I need to try this. I think I can do this. I really think I can do it. Uh, and one night I just started. And then it's like I opened up a dam and I couldn't stop writing. You can ask anyone in my DC program. Uh, people were concerned about me. My husband was concerned about me. I, I wrote a lot of it on my phone. I would be like trying to juggle cooking in the kitchen and talking to my husband. And I'm, but I'm also like writing a chapter real quick on the note on my phone. And the words just were pouring out of me. And I was very... Uh, I was so surprised by it because if you had asked me even a month prior, I would have told you, I don't write fiction. I can't write fiction. I write nonfiction. That's all I do. And so suddenly I was writing all this dialogue and all this stuff and it was just flowing out of me as if I've been doing it forever. I love that. That's my experience of my best writing is when it's like pouring out and you, mm -hmm. and you're, there's a sense of like, where's this even coming from? Yeah. That when you, that's how it was. Yeah. That when it's forced, like when I make myself sit down and yeah, we can generate it and write, it's different. It might be okay. It might be even good, but there's a different experience of like when it's spilling out of you. And I love the, yeah, you're even in your phone. Like, I wrote because, a lot of it in my phone. That's awesome. Actually, also, Senlin Yu writes almost everything on her that's phone so and she's a mom of two. Wow. And so, writing so, amazing stories. So, we're all like, there's something really amazing about that people are giving away like this amazing content and that it's actually, it's high quality. And that's part of like the world. I was just saying to somebody yesterday who told me they really don't want to do like podcasts or videos. And I, and I said to them, Hey, we live in a world right now where there's no gatekeepers. You want to make, mm -hmm. you want a TV show, you can go make one. You want a radio show, you can go make one. You want to write a book, you can go publish one that there's never been a period in history where there were not gatekeepers. There's always right. been someone like who decided, right? If you got a show or you got, and there is a, a, a theory or a school of thought that says this won't last. Like things get condensed over time because we can't just have like everyone in the world being a writer. It's too much. There's sure. not enough listeners uh, or readers or whatnot. And so I'm an advocate for people like, while we do have this space, while we know we have this, like take advantage of it. Like get. I agree with that. I think I think that there's a, a and and look, when I was on YouTube, well, back in my day, it was very different. <laughs> and this is like I started in 2007, and it was very very different. And when I told people I make YouTube videos, they were, they said, "Are you clothed in these videos?" Because they didn't understand like video on the internet. All I know about that is porn. Whereas now you say, people know the term YouTuber. It's a common Thanks. thing. I was a YouTuber before we had a name, you know? And I had that sense. I remember going to an audition for the five months that I was an actress with an agent and a manager. Um, I went to an audition that just sucked. The audition was just terrible. Uh, I won't even get into why. And I was on the subway home listening to music and I was listening to this Paramore song and I thought, I'm going to make a music video to this because them, you know, like I'm just going to go do my own thing. And I had already been doing my own thing, but that was sort of like my outlet for, I don't need to be cast in something. I can just have my own yeah. thing right here. Why is everyone trying to get cast in stuff? So it's, you take advantage of the no gatekeepers. Why should other people like, what's the, why should we be like publishing our books and telling our stories and sharing our fiction? Hmm. Um, I think like, 
I mean, we, we shouldn't necessarily, unless you have a good reason. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel like right now there, there is kind of a should culture around it. Like I, and that's never a good reason to do anything creative is because yeah. people say you should, but there's ripe soil. So what seeds do you have that you want to plant? Cause it's a great time for it. And fan fiction in particular, it's awesome because you just get instant feedback. I, I put up my first chapter and I wrote in the notes section, Hey, this is my first fic. Uh, we'd love your feedback. Also, I don't understand this thing about this website. Can anyone answer this question? And if you go to that first one and you look at the comments, they're all like, it's just all people coming on to, say, Hey, you know, like, this is really great for your first fic. And also here you go, here's some advice. And I'm going to keep following this. And a lot of them are like the top, some of the top writers and some people with like a lot of following and everyone's just so freaking supportive. And, uh, and then people did follow and I got all of this instant feedback on my writing and I got to publish stuff that has typos and that isn't perfect. And it hasn't been proofread and just experienced the, the roller coaster drop of doing that. And finding out that it's okay and you can hone as you go and you can learn things. And now I'm actually, uh, I'm working on a new story, co-authoring with someone. I'm not going to say who, cause we both know them. Um, and we're, we're <laughs> actually working out the thematic stuff behind it. Like the background. Usually I just dive into writing about relationships and like, when are they going to kiss? Um, but, but we're actually looking at like a grander thing. And so I'm learning the art of writing fiction just from this, but I wouldn't, I can't write something without publishing it in fan fiction. I have to put it up. Anytime that I try to finish a story before I publish it, it's, it just doesn't feel alive to me. Mm. And it's the same with YouTube uh, or any video thing. I need to, I must ship it. It has to go yeah. out. It has to go in front of people. Otherwise I feel like I'm just writing into a vacuum. That's a really awesome point. So there's tons of people out there. I, I know I meet them when I get into talks about creativity, about people that do stuff, but they don't share it. And there's yeah. like all these fears and blocks. And, and some people don't even start because they know they might not share it. What gives you, because you're sharing everywhere. You make videos. Your videos about how not to. Are, how to not. Um, how to not are amazing. Thanks. They're so funny. Um, and I like if I'm watching one, all, who's ever around me, I'm like, you got to watch this. Um, they're clever. They're funny. They're smart. You put them together well. You do tons of videos on social media about like you singing. You did one the other day. I saw like you dancing. And the I think one of the coolest things about it is there's a range. Some of the stuff you show, you're like really good at. And then some of the stuff you show, you can tell it's like you're starting out. You're kind of a beginner. You're like learning, but yet you're not afraid to just like throw it all out there. Yeah. What? I think trans, I don't know. I've, I've been on the internet with my life since 2007. So it's kind of habitual at this point. I like, I'm in it. I'm doing something. I'm like, oh, might as well share it. Especially because, uh, and this goes back to the feedback thing. Um, I get so much feedback from people that the feedback's in my head. And I don't mean negative, like trolley feedback. I mean, people saying, wow, thanks so much for sharing this. Here's what I got out of it. And so whenever I think of sharing something, I think about the person who might need to see it today or might need to hear it today. And what if I don't, what mm -hmm. if I don't share it? And that gives me fuel to get past whatever procrastination or fear other people are experiencing around stuff like that. Not that I share absolutely everything. I mean, mostly I have ideas that are too big for the amount of time that I have or the amount of resource. Um, have, have you had any experiences that just did not go well where 
you shared and you just got like yeah. beat up by it? Oh yeah. Tons. I mean, God, uh, especially back when we were, when Grace and I had our YouTube channel and we, um, we were really, we, I mean, just to give you an idea of like the level of attention we were getting, I'd put up, I would post a video and then like the video goes live and then views start happening. And I could refresh the page and about 12 seconds later, five people have watched it or have started watching it. And then there's a comment. And then the comments would come in at this pace. So that's like a lot of eyeballs on you and a lot of attention. And we didn't even have that many followers comparative to like the people you see now, but also it was a different time. So there was like a lot, there was a lot of attention. And um, I mean, I, I can't even think of like a singular incident where something went really wrong, but I just think in general, you put something up and then people just start picking it apart and going after you and writing nasty things or nice things. Um, but I've heard everything at this point. Like I've been called repulsive. Uh, like I, the, the number of nasty things that have been said to me at this point, uh, it's kind of crazy. Did you have to do like, did you have to do anything or is there like a practice that like you're practiced in it now and not like making it stop you. But is there any, if somebody's out there listening to this going like, I can't handle that, like, or what do I do when some, when I do get those, like you're repulsive or worse or not so bad, like, what do you do with that? If you're just starting out or you're just sharing, I know. Well, first of all, you just said you're practiced at it now and no, it still <laughs> takes me out. Okay. I mean, I, I don't get a lot of it now because, uh, I think the first, like, the first negative comment I got in a while was because I actually promoted one of my videos. So I had strangers coming to it. Mm. My audience right now are all people who already like me. So I'm not, I'm not putting myself in the way of those people anymore. And not that I, I don't intend to, I do, but, uh, but back then it was like a lot of strangers. And back then I mostly drank and smoked weed. I, so I didn't manage it. And I remember, and I, I took it to therapy. And one time my therapist was like, you know, there's two schools of thought here. One is put yourself through the fire and like learn how to be more resilient. And another is to avoid it completely. Um, so for a while I had an assistant screening all my comments so that I wouldn't look at anything negative because it's not like it's fucking constructive, right? Like, it's not yeah, constructive. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, you look fat, you know, this is not going to help. <laughs> I don't need to read that in the middle of my day and then manage my anxiety attack that comes yeah. because of it. Cause I'm a people pleaser and I'm codependent. And so like, as soon as someone doesn't, doesn't understand me or doesn't like me, I'm instantly like, <gasps> now I'm, now I'm having a fight or flight reaction. And my nervous system is just like triggered. And now here's, here comes the anxiety. And that still happens to me. So I'm, I might have the logical awareness to know that like, I'm not being attacked by a tiger, but I still have a nervous system response to it. I was actually last week, um, Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof, was posting about something called neurofeedback, which is a type of therapy where you reprogram your nervous system to not have that reaction. Mm. And I started looking into it because I'm like, oh, man, if I could actually reprogram myself so that I don't have that reaction, I'd be so much more productive. That's an awesome point. Yeah, like our brain doesn't understand that yeah. that you look fat and a tiger are not actually the same thing at not all. Not the same thing. <laughs> But, but anyone out, you know, everyone out there, I mean, you get it. I get it. We've read about this. We've studied this. 
but prior to this, you we thought that was it was real danger. I just heard something yeah. the other day that was like we confuse uncomfortableness with actual danger. Yeah. And I thought that was a really nice, simple way to say it is like people, people regard, you know, that uncomfortable conversation you have to have with your partner and then your partner reacts like as if you're attacking them with a knife. Yeah. But it's just an, it's just, it's just words. Yeah. And it's not their fault in a sense because it's their nervous system's response. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can't personalize that. Uh, in the fanfic world, there's uh, so there's a few different big websites for posting fanfiction. One of them is called Archive of Our Own. Um, that's that's the one I like the most. The other is fanfiction.net, which is a lot more archaic. Even like the way you have to upload upload your story, you have to you have to upload the word doc, and then you have to go into the story and put add chapter and select the word doc. Like it's so not intuitive, um, and it looks like it's from the '90s. And there's so many more trolls on fanfiction.net. In fact, yesterday, one of my favorite authors, Olivia Blake, posted a tweet. And now this girl's like, she has written multiple novels. Her fan fictions are outstanding. They're ridiculously good. They're so incredibly detailed and layered. And you're like, what's happening? This is a professional story uh, for free on the internet. Um, and she started a YouTube channel, but she's she's authored multiple novels and she's doing really well. Uh, she... <laughs> She posted this tweet, it, it, and it's. I'll just read it. It says, in quotes, is fanfiction.net beset by aimless trolls who only review final chapters, or did someone genuinely waste their own precious time reading 500,000 words of my awful writing? Uh, a hot new psychological thriller directed by Jordan Peele. Twitter jokes. It, but like, but for real, yeah. she, she writes 500,000-word stories, and someone comments on the end about how horrible it is. Wow. Yeah. I can't, I mean, just even the fact that we have a name for people, like there's trolls, like we have a name for people that are going around essentially hating. They're like professional haters. Professional haters. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're not getting paid. I don't think you can get paid for being a troll. Only in the value that it gives them to feel superior over a stranger because they're living in their mom's basement and very sad. Um, What's been the most challenging thing and then I want to move on to you like in, in, the, in other parts of your life but what's been the most challenging thing for you as a writer as a I want to say a new writer um ha, uh, lately I haven't been writing much because I broke my obsession like I you know how you have like one thing you're on for a while and then you move on to another thing that you're on mm-hmm. so I moved on and I still have two stories that are in the middle of being written that I was updating weekly and now they just haven't been updated in months. And so I don't know how to write if I'm not addicted. I still don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure. Like the, the main way that I have created in my life is to get really hooked on something and or to do something in partnership like my YouTube channel with Grace. Because when I would feel like, oh, I don't really feel like continuing, she would be like, let's film a video. So we had that dual parenting, yeah. you know, the, the creative yeah, yeah. project needs more than one parent. Um, so that's probably all it is for fan fiction. I probably just need to partner with somebody. Uh, and in fact, there's a few Facebook groups I'm in where we will do writing sprints, which just means on the, like on the hour, everyone's going to start writing and you're going to say what you're writing and you're going to say what word count you're at. And then at the end of the 30 minutes, everyone checks in with how many words they wrote. 
and you just try to not stop writing for 30 minutes. And I, I did really well when I did that in partnership with other people, especially because my competitive edge would kick in. I'm like, ooh, let me see if I can get to 600 words in this 30 minutes. Most people write around 400. So let me be the superstar in this thread. So that would motivate me. So I have to generate new ways of motivating myself now because I'm not addi- I'm not addictively reading and I'm not addictively writing. I love the, um, I find the exact same thing when I have a partner and there's like some, either a deadline that they're waiting for so they can do their part right? or we're like working on something. Maybe there's no deadline, but it's like, we're actually going back and forth. I used to live when I was in my twenties, I lived with two guys and they, one's a writer and a director. And now he's, I mean, he's, he's writing movies. He has like four comic books that he's written for comic book companies. He's doing very well. He's successful. The other guy is an actor and actually is now back in school getting his PhD to teach like theater acting on like that type of level. And we, they taught me to write. I want to, I really want to say they, they really taught me to write. And we used to sit around at night, right? We were all in our twenties. Like we had random jobs and things and we would sit around at night and come up with random ideas. And then we would like flush out how that would look as like a movie script or a book or whatever. And I remember it was like contagious. It was like an addiction thing that we would, it was no different than if we were passing around a bong, right? Like it became like who could do more, who come up with better ideas. And I remember leaving that space, like a lot of that creativity fell away. And you're reminding me of it now is like, we don't have to live with two other people. We can actually create that, whether it's through a word oh, sprint yeah. or through a community. I actually started a creative online group. I called it a creative accountability group, but we're finding out, um, well, one of the members called it a collaborative bullshit club. <laughs> and I think that's more accurate. It's uh, so this sec, this other arm of my, it's not coaching. It's like something else I'm starting and it kind of, it doesn't know what it is yet is uh, called scheme big. I don't know if yeah, you've I've seen, seen that I've around. seen I've seen like the logo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is yet, but I do know that it involves this one thing called the Scheme Squad, which is a group of artists that all meet every week for an hour on a Zoom call. And um we've done tons of stuff together in the last year. And the one we're doing this week is that we're co-writing a story on our Slack group. So one person's gonna start and just write a paragraph or however much she wants to write and then tag the next person and then we're gonna write a story in the next week. And there's no rules. You can write one sentence, you can write a word. It just has to be that every single person has contributed within the week. So we do stuff like that. But what what I've noticed about the group is that it just gets people's mojo moving. And it's just, I don't even need to have an agenda for the phone call. We just get on the Zoom call and I'm like, what should we do? And they're all creative. So we come up with stuff and I track everything that we do. I have this, I have this organized chaos notebook that I got. And I every week I write down what we end up doing. So like one week, I gave them the assignment, roast yourself. <laughs> nice. And and then everyone went and did different things with that from, uh, my favorite was, uh, I think, a rap song, like a roast rap that one of the guys did. Um, actually, I should post that because he gave me permission to put it up on social media. It's so good. It's so, so good. So we're not directly working on their creative work that's existing. We're kind of just having an hour where they get to play and collaborate and um, and just remember what it's like to just make stuff up for no reason. And like one time I said, Oh, we're going to write, we're going to come up with a comic book idea today. Ready, go. And then we did. And we were like crying, laughing at some of the stuff we came up with. What's so cool is it's the, uh, it's what kids do. 
Yes. Like, is, I mean, I'm picturing as you're saying this, I'm picturing like two little kids, right? We, we're lying on the floor, we're playing with our toys, right? And it's like we make up stories yeah. and then our stories join together. Or, yeah. or even without toys, right? Little kids can make up a whole game. Yeah. And we with all these, this whole world and mm-hmm. like rules. In fact, I, the Babes in Business event that I mentioned, I have a table, I get a table, like a vendor table at it for Scheme Big every time. Mm-hmm. And the last time I set it up all crazy and this woman walks up, she goes, is this for adults? <laughs> and so I awesome. said, yes. And thank you for asking that question because that's that's perfectly depicting the vibe of it is that we're adults, but we're, she's like, oh, so it's like forced play. I wow. said, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it just takes me to the idea of like, if we were all able to be creative, like when we were kids, the stories that would come out, the fun we would oh. have, the videos we would make yeah, would be insane. I mean, it would be- I wish would... I had YouTube then. Well, there, I mean, you have a, you have a daughter now, so it's like, and you can't, I don't think- Alex. Oh my God. <laughs> she's like... already making videos. <laughs> what so does do you like put the how does that work well justin did one with her last week that he put up on his instagram by the way his instagram is mr lillian silver <laughs> that's so awesome <laughs> except he spelled it wrong he spelled it with two l's but it's fine um he did this one where he he takes her foot and holds it up to his ear and goes hello is amelia there okay oh, yeah yeah she's here okay hold on and then he pat she takes her foot and she goes hello and it's now she, that's like her game. So if I take the phone out, she starts to hand me her foot. She's like, here, let's do the, let's do the bit. That's so awesome. Like she knows it. So yeah. I, that I have it on my phone now. Cause I did it with her. I didn't post it, but it's so funny. Where do you think this is like, and this is just like guessing, right? There's no way, but like, where do you think this is like heading this? Like we're so poured into sharing and social media and everybody can see everybody's everything. Mm. And there's consequences, good and bad, to all of this. Yeah, I feel like we're a boiled frog right now. Like there's, there's do you know this thing about you put a frog into yeah. the water and you boil it and it doesn't even know it's dying? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's a lot happening right now that's like that. Because especially when YouTube ads first started, we were outraged. There were petitions. We were so mad. I personally was mad that I had to put ads in front of my stuff at all. Um, or I would feel guilty if I monetized an ad. Oh, it wasn't a choice. Uh, sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's not. So my music videos had to have ads because I was using someone else's music. So it would get flagged and then I don't get money for it, but some other company does. So I had to have an ad before it. Yeah. Um, and then on my channel, it was like, well, I need to make a living. I'm going to make, I need to make some money off of this, but people would be, that was, that was a whole thing. Anyway, now it's just ubiquitous. Now we're used to it. We can tolerate a 30 second ad, but if it's a minute, we're mad, you know, but we're slowly being led into something. And uh, even like the number of screens at the airport mm-hmm. and the number of cameras everywhere. And the, I was in Stop and Shop the other day and there's a robot, a security robot beeping around the store and I had to like step around it. I'm like, this is creepy. It's real creepy. And I think it's just going to get creepier. Um, that I think that's where we're headed is for like, total full-on creepiness and a lot of people pulling back like there's so many people getting flip phones now that's so funny that you say i literally yesterday sent my girlfriend a 
clip of the new Razer phone, which is, uh, remember the old school Razers yeah. that were so cool? The coolest phone ever when Super they came cool. out. I never had one. So the, neither did I, but they were the, like, that was the coolest phone. But now yeah. the Razer has a bendable screen. So it's a Razer that flips open. It's a full screen like an iPhone. Um, <gasps> it's not out yet, but it. Lo- I was like, it's like kind of retro, but not at the same oh time. Oh my God, they're so <laughs> um, smart. So smart. And um I, it's, I was having a conversation with my brother the other day where Spotify gave away like a Google Home. And there, and if you had a premium, you could get like a free Google Home with yeah. Spotify premium. And my cousin who you know was like, hey, did you get it with your Spotify? And I was like, no, I don't – I'm not really into things in our house that listen to us. Same. And my, I asked my – and she goes, well, you could give it to like a client or somebody as like a gift. And I went, that's actually a great idea because if someone else doesn't care, like – and so I asked my brother, and he's like, no, I already got it. Uh, he's like, but try again. I was like, well, I don't really – it's not a big deal. Like, I don't really want – I didn't really want it. And he was like, well, you know your phone is listening to you oh, yeah, all the is. time. Yeah, and um, And there was something that I went – so illogical, right? I was like, well, yeah, but I don't want more things like that in my – like, I don't want more of it. <laughs> and I had that thing where I even wrote back to him after, I know that doesn't actually make any sense <laughs> because my phone is with me basically, what, probably 20 – two hours of the day. Yeah. But there's something about it that like, I don't want more spies like, and, and yeah, I, wanna, I, I used to have, I used to not have Facebook, Facebook messenger, Instagram. Uh, I think that's it on my phone mm-hmm. because those are the apps that listen. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's very clear. Like I was at, I mean, I've had, I've had someone say something in my presence that then shows up on my phone and I certainly did not type it in at any point. Yeah. You, uh, like something really specific. Yeah. You want to walk around basically in life and just say your brand and the website constantly, just like be walking around being like, yeah, the just so it starts com, to the get better SEO. Yeah. And all of a sudden like everyone's phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a question for you about the ads because it's, it's funny that you're bringing it up because it's something that I'm dealing with now for the first time. So you've been in this sphere of sharing for so long and you've gone through different variations and changes. I, for the first time, you know, if you, if you're listening to this podcast, there's like two ads and they're not even really ads. One is me basically talking about my book for like 15, 20 seconds. And then is another is giving a shout out to accomplishment media who produces this and the studio I'm in. And it's more of like a thank you for the, what they've done for me. Yeah. There's not like I'm not I'm doing it really. They're both from my heart and they're things I want to yeah. share. I recently got asked by two people um about the possibility of like promoting products. Mm-hmm. And one of which is a really good friend and I actually am cool with like the thing he wants to do, so I'm actually like what he's up to is kind of cool and I'm like I'd be good with that. It doesn't fit like the brand, but yeah. he's not doing something bad or anything. And then the other one was like a brand, it's a supplement brand. And I don't take any supplements. I don't yeah. like put random things in me that aren't food. And I don't, and I had this, I was sitting there and I was like, do I want to be, this is a crossroads in a way, right? Do I want to be someone who's like, take this product. It's so great. It's changed my earth, sell a mattress, right? Or one yeah. of those things. Because there's two sides. I want this podcast to be part of my, I mean, I love doing this. And so if I can make money on something I love doing, well, that's, awesome and it seems inauthentic also well have you ever listened to bill burr's podcast i have not 
Oh my goodness. So Bill Burr, uh, one of my favorite comedians, but um, he, when he reads his ads, he's like, all right, now it's time for the ads. Get ready. And like just just does them like in the, and actually like part it's some of my favorite I listen to the ads because he's so funny the way that he reads them and he makes fun of the products and like one of them is Sherry's Berries which is like a company you can order like chocolate covered strawberries from and he's like time for Sherry's Berries everybody and he's just like doing it you know uh, he also does one for Zip Recruiter and every time he does it he goes Zip in some different way so I'm always like how's he gonna do it this time um and I really love that he's just is himself inside of them and he's he's like I gotta make money okay assholes I'm gonna read some ads now <laughs> and, and he just like has found a way to work it in where it like totally makes sense and that's pretty much the only way I would do it either Alex like I um I don't think I could sincerely read read someone's copy you know or if yeah. I if I did, I'd be really clear. Look, I don't put I don't put stuff in my body. But if you're into that, my friend's got a company. I trust my friend. I'm not going to try his product, but <laughs> here it is, and you can get a coupon. You know, <laughs> that's I love. So it's like finding your what I got is like finding your authentic way to share something that has it then not be out of it. Like Bill Burr's doesn't sound out of integrity. Not at all. He's just because he brings his comedy into it, and you're clear like. Hey, he's and the companies are clear too, right? They're not. Oh, yeah, they know. Yeah, well, because they wouldn't do it more than once if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and they do it repeatedly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so there's that's awesome. That's those occasionally he's like, oh crap, I should have said that this time. I'm gonna get in trouble. All right, well, whatever. Oh, and you're like, okay. Is that true? Is that real? I think it's real. So I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna uh, pivot a little bit because I, I wanna know about your transition, like from. Uh, how do you how does one go from being like this out in the world YouTube star to I'm now a professional coach and you're not just a professional coach you're you're a great coach and you take you have a very high level of what great coaching is and you take time and care to train great coaches so it's not just like you just like hogging up a shingle and you're like I'm a coach now there's like tons of energy and effort and uh, commitment you put into it um, I think, well, just to give you an idea of the, my transition into being a professional coach, my first brand as a coach was called Fart with Headphones On. Because <laughs> that, that was the YouTube channel I started to talk about personal development. Um, the idea being that I was standing on a subway platform wearing headphones and blasting music and I farted. And then I looked around to be like, I should be embarrassed. But then I realized, I, I don't actually know if it made any noise. I don't know if anyone heard that. I don't know if I should be embarrassed. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good metaphor. And I put it in my phone. I like wrote it in a note in my phone. And then one day when I wanted to start my own blog and my own YouTube channel separate of my friend Grace and I, I, I found that note in the phone. And I went, oh, this is a good title for a channel because it's sort of like just put your stuff out in the world and don't listen to what anyone has to say about it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the embarrassment is a choice. Those were kind of the two themes. And so then I would talk about that stuff. And at some point, my my mentor coach from Accomplishment Coaching called me up, the woman who registered me, Allie Rodby, and she's like, we got to talk about the farts. Farts got to go. And I was like, I would have been hurt if I hadn't respected her so much and if she hadn't essentially saved my life twice. Um, 
And I was like, I kind of see, I get it. I get what you're saying. And it, it was more for me about growing myself up and thinking about the audience I really want to talk to because that audience was very young and they've now grown up with me. It's really cool. Now, some of them are interested in the coach training program and they're in their twenties now. And it's like, it's a whole different thing. Um, or they're in their thirties because they were men. Uh, but yeah, I had to kind of take a look at how am I presenting myself in the world? What's actually me? I pulled it back and I started a Michelle Aiken YouTube channel, but then I was trying too hard to be like, I'm Michelle Aiken. I am a coach. And that didn't feel right either. So I've gone through many iterations of me uh, to kind of land where I am now. And I think I'm just now I'm just in a constant influx place where I'm I'm a goofy fuck and I'm not. I'm not cleaning my language up. This is how I talk. If you have a problem with it, you're not for me. I'm not for you. You know, I, I'm just yeah. sort of in that space at this point. What's authentic. You found your, I think that's a really cool story how you go went from like, it's like the pendulum swings to find yeah. your actual authenticity, but you have to, you actually had to do the work to create the awareness to see like, why wasn't, it's not that this isn't authentic. It's why isn't it authentic? And why isn't this and authentic? That's, that's why people should put stuff out now because you don't figure out who you are by thinking about it. Mm. You take it on. I just heard uh, on a podcast, Mark Groves, who yeah, his who Instagram, is. I love, create the love, fantastic Instagram, fantastic podcast. He, uh, he or one of his guests had talked to George, uh, George Carlin's daughter. I think her name's Kelly. I think it's Kelly Carlin. And she said, I found my voice by using it. Mm -hmm. And it changes. Yeah. And I love that because that is how you, you don't think about who you are authentically. You go be in the world and then you see, you kind of calibrate. Yeah. Or, or what you don't. I like to think of if what, if you notice what you're not doing, it tells you, right. It's the same. That's the other side. Oh, I notice I'm not speaking up. That's not authentic. I notice right. I'm acting like a fool. Oh, that's like performance. I'm also not being authentic. No, I, um, it probably was like, I noticed I'm not writing fiction and that's not authentic because yeah. I do want to write fiction and I always have. I said, I gave this talk the other day. It was the first talk I gave on my book and it was called Unleashing Your Authentic Employee. And one of the things in there was if I'm not, I don't remember the example, but I said the thing was I was coming from fear in the example. And I went, it's not authentic. And because fear isn't who I am. Mm, I love that. And so fear, doubt is not authenticity. It's it's the complete opposite. <gasps> oh my God, this happened yesterday, Alex. Uh, I decided, do you know you know BNI because we met at BNI, but there's mm -hmm. there's also Latip. Have you heard of Latip? Yeah, yeah. another networking um, group. <clears throat> fun fact, it came before BNI. It's got a, also um, a very interesting name. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was propagated by I'm, fraternities in the nineties. We we make so many jokes yeah. about it. Like just the just the tip jokes are a plenty. Uh, but my group is really cool. Uh, we're on the younger side. It's like a lot of you know young professionals. And um, and I decided I had my presentation, and I really hate talking about coaching because what's the point? Because <laughs> coaching is an experience, yeah. not something that you think about in your head. You do it and you be it and you experience it. And so I've always struggled with how do I do a presentation at one of these things? Yeah. And so I just, I brought up someone who I have a good relationship with uh, who agreed to this and I coached him in front of everyone for seven minutes. Nice. Yeah. You can, you can actually do a decent amount in seven minutes and then took three minutes of questions. And the day before I said to my trainer, uh, Liz Murphy, who I just was blasting 
uh, singing her praises online today with my before and after photos. I said to her at the end of our workout I session. Saw, oh, I yeah. actually saw those. Congratulations. Oh, you lost you. like 25 pounds and like yeah. 10% body fat or something. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yep. A little more than that actually, but it, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a year of actually committing to that for the first, people are like, what's your secret? I'm like, Diet and exercise, you know? like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hired someone. I paid a lot of money. I, I like spent a lot of time. Uh, sorry, I don't have a, a quick fix for you. Um, but I said to her, "Oh, I'm really scared." And she she just turned to me. She's so no bullshit. She's just like, "That's dumb. Why? Like, what are you scared of? You're scared of what we think, as if we know anything." You know, like she just cut right into it, and um, and that's what it is. I'm not actually scared. I'm just used to saying. I'm used to verbalizing that. And it's not authentic. And so I walked in and said, super confident. I didn't get nervous at all. And because I wasn't all wrapped up in nervous energy, I was able to ask people for help. Like I didn't know how to work our water cooler. So I went over to my friend, Alessia. I'm like, when I start, can you just go get me some water? I need water and I can't figure that thing out. And someone else's presentation is going on right now. And, uh, and she was like, oh yeah. You know, I just, I was actually being there and yeah. I felt more like myself during and after that yesterday than I have in a very long time. I love that I am, I am scared or I am whatever is like, like we, we say it as if like you said, I am cake. Well, we know you're not cake, <laughs> but we say like, I am scared or whatever the thing is, as if it was a thing we could be like, as right. if you could be some like uh, gas thing of fear or scared. Like, yeah. no, it's, I feel scared, right? Like I feel embarrassed. I feel scared, which right. is so different than I am. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I don't know why I'm thinking that as I was getting ready to go to this, this talk, I sat there and I didn't know what to wear. And I, and I, I was like, I don't know what to wear. And I'm having this whole debate <laughs> in my head when I do on camera TV kind of stuff, I always wear the same thing. And the I just it's always like this blue like shirt and like, it's just always the same. It actually feels really authentic and I like it. And I didn't feel like wearing that for the talk. Like it just wasn't. And then I started getting dressed like uh, Christopher, uh, a mentor of both of ours, would have me get dressed. And I was like, no, this is not who I am. Which is like button up shirt. Like and, and I yeah, quickly yeah. abandoned that. And then I had the moment where I went, this is I'm going to give a talk on authenticity. And I'm dressing for other people, which yeah. isn't authentic. And then I wore what I'm wearing right now, which is a black T-shirt, a black V-neck T-shirt and jeans, which is like feels really authentic. Right. Um, and it just got me really present to like we do versions of this everywhere. And we don't oh, okay. even stop to look at like, wait, what am I doing with getting dressed? What am I doing with you know, at the, the, I want to get up and go get water, but I have these thoughts in my head about why I shouldn't or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I've, uh, my husband is really great at being my accountability around this. Cause on the one hand, he could look at what I'm wearing and be like, that's too sexy. Don't wear that out. You know, he <laughs> do that. But he could also be like, Hey, like, I don't know if that's really you. Is that, because I feel like there's this, uh, and, and of course my teeth come out when he starts to do this. So he's very brave. Um, but he'll, he'll be really adamant. He'll be like, I just think X. And I'm like, okay, 
I will take your comments into consideration. You know, like I'll go think on it. I usually come back and I'm like, hey, I get it now. I get what you're saying. I get it. And then I can empower it and it can be my choice, not something that I'm doing for him. So I'm very resistant to people's feedback as something that I then take on because I've done that so much in my life. So my first reaction to feedback is usually like, eh, stop. I need a boundary, but I don't need a wall. I just need a boundary. Yeah. And they're very different. And so I'm, I'm like learning how to take my wall down and instead create some sort of boundary and be able to actually hear the feedback. Cause with something like that, that's so important. Who's going to, other than you in your own head, who's going to reflect to you that what you're wearing is not really you. The, I don't know if you ever read the article I've been meaning something I have not done is I've been meaning to write an article based on this article that I read because I was so fascinated by it, but it's the idea that, and it, it brings us full circle that feedback inherently sets off our, um, our, uh, fight, flight or freeze. Yeah. Thank you. Fight or flight. Like it's actually impossible to give feedback without it doing it. Our, that's just simply how our brains take feedback in as like danger and getaway. And when we yeah. go into fight or flight, we shut down, we turn off, we, we close like, which if we look at companies, right? Companies are built on people giving feedback, 360s and evaluations and all these things. And no one's actually realizing that it doesn't get through. It doesn't work. For, or it needs to be worked with. Because mm-hmm. uh, any, any feedback, even uh, earlier when you were like, you put everything up, you put things up that you're good at, you put things up that you're not so good at. I was like, what, is, what did I do that I'm not good at? What are you talking about, Alex? And it had that that's like so shock awesome. run through my system for a second. <laughs> And I was like, Ooh, no, that's true. <laughs> that's <so great. laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, but seriously, was it the dancing? I'm, I'm, did you really want, do you really want, an no. do you really want me to go into it? I don't, I, <laughs> was it the dancing? <laughs> oh my God. Um, man, you, you, it's, it's so, uh, it, that you just reminded me of, when we get our, like how our bodies are and how we physically manifest, um, a friend of a mutual friend of both of ours was telling me that that yesterday that she was talking about doing these dance classes with her husband. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool that you guys would go do this. You know, I've thought about that before and I've gone to some like dance classes and they're always the worst experiences of my whole life. Like I would take all sorts of medical things over those experiences. <laughs> they're they're torturous, painful. Like I can't get out of my like out of my fight or flight when I'm in them. And I'm not saying it's not possible. I know that it yeah, is yeah, over time. Haven't. Yeah, and I get so caught up. And if I'm there, I've done it alone where I'm like, oh, I don't know anyone. That'll be easier. Nope. I've done it with like my girlfriend, and it's like, she's like, man, you're so angry. And I'm like, I can't turn. I just need to. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I, I, to me, when I say that to you, it's like really a compliment because I, I film a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff and I put out a ton of stuff into the world and there's a lot that I will not put out. Oh, I got it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear it. Um, It's just kind of foreign to me. I think at some point as a strategy, I was like, just put everything up. And uh, sometimes that bites me, you know? Well, I think like, have you ever done an exercise with any of your clients? I do it with myself. I I offer it to clients at times where it's like, I want you to come up with a hundred of this, 
you know, they're, they're yeah. or 20, five, whatever the number is, but it's something yeah. that's really big, like hundred ways to go make money. Right. Or like, yeah, I've done that one with people, um, or, but even 10 freaks people out. But what I, I'm always like, yeah, but I've never gotten off the phone with someone who hasn't come up with 10. So I'll wait. Yeah. Well, the, the coolest thing that I've experienced recently is when I've challenged someone to go come up with 20 ways to do something and 20 is huge for them on this thing. Yeah. Every single time they come back to me, the thing they wanted, they in the process, they got the thing. That's so awesome. And it's, I'm like, this isn't magic. This is like, you turned your brain on to focus on something and got present to it. And then yep. you made it happen. That's yep. life. Um, I want to ask you, we're, we're coming up to our, our end. Um, what, what would you leave as, as somebody who I hold as like, you are a creative guru in a way and not that like, it's that you make other people that, that that's just who you are. You are someone who just creates and creates and creates in all different, you created a human, you create relationships, <laughs> you create writing, videos, music. What would you offer to people as I mean, the best ways to like, or, you know, tips, advice, thoughts on unleashing their creativity. Um, this is funny because I'm going back to something that I wrote in my first ebook uh, that if you have to, whatever you have to do to get started, just do it. Like for me, I had to get very, very hyped up on coffee or I had to well, drink. I don't drink anymore. But like I, I wrote a whole chapter on not demonizing substances and things that you can use to just like get yourself past a block um, unless you have addictive stuff, in which case, you know, I'm not giving that advice to anybody. But if you're a healthy person and you can utilize something like whether it be uh, another person and their excitement about it or I don't know, anything that turns it into a game and turns the part of your brain off that's thinking so hard about who you're going to show this to. Because I think that that's, that when I'm playing piano, for example, I play differently when a camera is on than I do when a camera is off. And I play differently when I have the intent of publishing than when I'm just fucking around. I play better when I'm just fucking around. Um, and that's normal. So you, you got to practice. Oh, that's probably the biggest thing, Alex, is like expecting that you're just going to pop out of the womb being great. Stop it because you're not. And that's not how it works. And you might be pretty good, but who cares? And I settle for pretty good all the time. And I and like the B plus thing, the, the consummate B plus. Um, but there's something better and it's on the other side of, of rigorous practice and lots of feedback. And uh, that's probably the scariest part. It's not getting started. It's the practicing and the, the being with how much you suck. Just if you could expand your capacity to be horrible at stuff, you'd be unstoppable. You also and have a lot like, more fun. Oh, and it would be way more fun because you're not, your goal isn't perfection. Your goal is uh, consistency, which is, the, I mean, like probably just such a dirty word in my, in my mind, but uh but it also sets you free. You do something consistently over a long period of time, you just get results. Like everything you're acknowledging me for about being a coach, I'm like, oh yeah. Because that's just consistency over time, you know? And, and I don't relate to it like some big grand win, but I don't think big grand wins are the point. Just like a viral video is not something you can plan for. 
which I used to tell people all the time that would hire me as a video producer. I want you to produce a viral video. I'm like, I got bad news for you. We got no say over that. You know, ask anyone. I've, I've talked to many people who have had viral videos because I was in the beginning stages of the internet and I went to weird conferences and I've talked to like some people and nobody was intending to. That was not intended. So put yourself in the way of big success, but that's not the goal. The goal is just like expression and having fun and playing. Shit, I got to 65,000 YouTube subscribers because I was trying to make my roommate laugh. That's so awesome. Don't say anything else. Let's leave that right there. <laughs> um, how do people, what's the best way for people to follow you, learn about you? What are the like? Instagram. So my Instagram is Michelle with two L's, Aiken, A-K-I-N, 21. And there's a link in my bio that goes to a list of all of my stuff. Cool. Um, on the bottom of which is fan fiction, if you want to go delve into that. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. First, I mean, I want to acknowledge you and thank you. Thanks for being the first coach that I think I ever met in my life. Like first, like real deal coach. Um, and I mean, I, I will never forget, like I remember meeting you and like connecting with you. And I think we're both, we both become like such different people since then, but yeah. like you were still so easy to connect with, so easy to become friends with. Um, it's crazy to think we've known each other for like five years now. It seems like, mm -hmm. you know, it's so fast. The time has flown by. Um, but I really, I want to acknowledge you for your, your commitment to like human beings, whether it be through, uh, sharing like creativity and funny things and having people laugh and bringing joy into people's life. Even if, you know, it's just like a tiny little square box on their phone or mm -hmm. like the work you do with human beings one-on-one. -on -one where you are changing their lives through transformation and coaching. Um, you're like, you just make a difference all over the place and you're creating everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.